Seriously. This takes me back to the days of the Boom Boom Room. Oh my gosh, the Boom Boom Room. What about the Boom Boom Room? I remember <clears throat> arriving with you and Luis, who we stuffed in the back <laughs> of your tiny two, two-door car. I think that was the Celica? Sit. Yes. Yeah, the Celica. We took the Celica to the Boom Boom Room, and I remember a lot of smoke and lights, and then I remember ordering a Corona and falling up the stairs, and that's when the night I first met Sean Moeller, because he pointed and laughed at me, and I was like, I've been initiated into this little group of folks. Thank you, Sean. And funny that we don't refer to Sean as just Sean. It's either Sean Moeller or John. 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 I promise you at some point there's going to be a theme that comes out of this regarding the Corporate Shadow Podcast. My guest today is Ashley Vulcan. Actually, I should say my guest tonight. We're we're having a couple of glasses of wine. It's a Friday night. Happy hour. We live in the same building, one floor apart. We've been quarantine buddies since March. Um, and it's happy hour, um, and we are socially distancing six feet away. So my studio allows for that, which I love. I mean, it's very safe here. There are some like really nice sanitizing items, and I'm in a full hazmat suit, <laughs> which you can't tell. But I feel very safe here. Thank you for having me on your show, Dr. Giffen. I'm delighted to to guest appear on this podcast. Okay, let's let's back up for a moment. Let's back up. We're going to back up to the story of the clouds. At some point, we're going to talk about the cloud sheets. Yeah. But before we talk about the cloud sheets, there's a little story before that, and that is how we met. Yes. And goodness gracious, when the heck was that? What year was that? I don't know. 07? I honestly don't think we have like an actual... Yeah, we're old. We're starting to forget dates. But I do know Ashley was my barista at Pete's Coffee on 2nd Street in Long Beach, California, in a neighborhood called Belmont Shore. Grande non-fat vanilla latte. Still remembers my order to this day, that when I would drive down 2nd Street on my way to teach my classes, she already had my drink ready. That's just how we rolled. Those were the days at Pete's. We had a core group of, of baristas, and we just really enjoyed being in our 20s and slaying coffee and talking to people. You're, what people don't understand about coffee is it's like bartenders, but non-alcoholic versions. Mm, true. So you hear all kinds of stories. That but you don't know what do. I did in my truck on the way back. Maybe I put some Baileys in my coffee. I'm kidding. I would never do that. You might have. But you're onto something to that. Talk about that a little bit more is in terms of perhaps like the bond you had with sure. Pete. Yes. Not to be confused with Pete's coffee, but no. Pete the barista and okay. Levi. Oh, Levi. Mm-hmm. We had a, yeah, we had a really good core group. I think, I think something that kept us all sane and kept us all together, even under the corporate umbrella that was Pete's coffee, was this incredible camaraderie and bond between staff people i mean managers and non-managers we had a couple of really great managers and we had a couple of really terrible managers and our district manager who will remain unnameless was heartless and was more concerned about corporate than the employees and i mean we really worked hard i think it was such a cohesive unit and the customers still when i see any customer that was a part of that pete's crew 
they always ask how everyone is doing and they always say it was never the same since you left or Mm. so-and-so left. Mm. I mean, now it's closed, but... Completely closed. Hashtag quarantine COVID-19. Or hashtag poor management slash leadership because it doesn't explain why all the other coffee shops on 2nd Street are surviving. And booming. Look at Phil's coffee. Phil's coffee. Uh, Starbucks. Aroma Daroma. If you want to get out of the corporate chain a little bit, Aroma Daroma is really good and still thriving. Um, I want to go back to your your leadership. What to you personally mm-hmm. um, defines the good leader versus that terrible leader, that district manager you're referring to? What are like the qualities, mm-hmm. the differences, I guess, that okay. you were seeing? Integrity, honesty, transparency, a true, and I hate to use the term open door policy, but an opportunity to, to obtain and discuss feedback, both positive and not negative, but I call it challenging feedback or areas of improvement. I think those to me have really represented things that I've tried to show as a leader at my current uh, job, Working Wardrobes, nonprofit organization located. Working Wardrobes. Santana. Santana. Working Wardrobes. uh um, We'll talk about Working Wardrobes here in a bit because there's another fun story about that. No, keep going. Keep going. But we're definitely going to dive deeper. Those those were the things. Those were like the key values I find that I've tried to emanate as a leader and, and make sure that my team just really feels that support from me because the worst thing you can ever receive from a leader is fakeness, passive aggressive behavior, which I've experienced a lot in my career and just lack of support, lack of direction. If you have a question or you're unsure of something and you go to your leader, you expect some kind of resolution or conversation or solution. And the worst is when you just can't get that. Yep. Yep. I would throw in transparency too. Absolutely. Um, you know, it sounds like a word that's been overly used, particularly in the political government realms of things. But mm. um, I think transparency and leadership is critical and vulnerability. Yeah. And don't even get me started on Brene Brown, girl, because I will just... Oh my. Talk about Brene. Can we dare to lead? Can we dare to lead? You know, do it. Doing it. You know, before Brene Brown and before like leadership, quote unquote, came mainstream, in my opinion, um, you know, Peter Drucker, Mm. you've probably heard about that gentleman in your studies, but Dr. Peter Drucker, former professor um, at the Drucker School of Management in Claremont, California, was kind of like my guiding light when I was studying leadership. Yeah. And when I worked for Tyrants mm. back in the day um, at Marriott and a couple of other corporations, and I mean Tyrants, Peter Drucker was my saving grace. And now, like today, I feel like Brene Brown is, you know, kind of the saving grace for a lot of um, the uprising of the, the younger leaders in yeah. our generation and stuff. Orange County has the largest aging population in the United States. Mm. And so there's a lot of issues that are going to be coming up here in the next couple of years, if not um, five years or less, where we're going to start seeing these retirements. And there's going to be this gap, this gap of employment, this opportunity for younger folks to rise up and go into a new uh, or take on a new leadership role. And by the way, no follower, no soldier wants to follow a bad or terrible general into battle. They just won't do it because yeah. they refuse to sacrifice their life for the greater good when the general doesn't support their soldiers. So this is a little, I mean, we're taking a little bit of a left turn here. 
Do you have any information, and if you don't, it's fine, about what the percentages of, of new incoming CEOs, like how many of them are going to bring their own armies, right? We're talking about mm. soldiers, and we're talking about mm-hmm. very grounded and, and well-established organizations that are losing CEOs. Like what if the new CEO brings in their own people and drives out the current staff? It's a very great question. I don't have the statistic on it. I don't even know if um, I'm sure someone has done research out there in that, but I will tell you from my own experience, this is very common practice in the hospitality industry, particularly the hotel lodging sector. Mm. Very common, very common that when a general manager leaves one hotel and gets promoted into another, they will generally bring their own people with them. And there are and I'm speaking as the HR person, um, as the strategist behind the operation, help that general manager ensure that their operation is successful. And so we, as we say in HR, we quote unquote, manage people out. Mm. We document people out. So if you find yourself starting to get documented a lot out of nowhere, it probably means the company is trying to cover their ass and essentially document you out. For sure. Now, I will say it is very common, again, for CEOs, I would assume, just like a general manager of a major hotel organization, to want to bring their own people, but that's not always a bad thing, particularly if they bring in really great people that you respect, that you have an opportunity to talk to. Let me give you a quick example, and that is I remember when my boss at a particular hotel company Wanted to bring in this wonderful person. I didn't know who she was. I had no clue who she was. But the fact that I got to sit down with her for three hours over wine and dinner as part of her interview and an interview that's unstructured and it's a conversation, that's the best interview. Right. That's phenomenal. Structured interviews don't work. But the fact that I can just relax, have a glass of wine, talk about her experience, what makes her get out of bed in the morning, yada, 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 the list goes on. I'm like, I want to work for her. Mm. Bring her, right? So even though the the new general has come into town and wants to bring in an assistant general, I have a lot of opportunities to learn under her to one day be promoted into her role or into a future role somewhere else. And, And she was in that mindset of making sure that one day someone can take her job. And today she's a vice president of operations for a major hotel chain. So that just goes to show you that when you as the leader, train and develop people to one day take your job and have that mindset that I'm not going to be here forever. I want that person to take my job. Wow. That's the best person to work for. That's very profound. Yeah. My wheels are turning and I appreciate that insight very much so. Maybe it's the wine making you dizzy. No, no, no. I mean, it could be, but no, I mean, I really, (laughs) I'm considering my staff. I mean, I'm not going to be at my position for forever and a day, but I do see some potential in some of my current um, staff members who, you know, could potentially take take on and, and do a phenomenal job. And I would be honored to mentor them into that role. So, yep, that's very that's very very insightful. 
You don't need a title to be a leader. One of my favorite books sitting on that bookshelf right behind you. I'm going to check that one out, folks. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. You should too. Mark Sanborn. Mark Sanborn. I assign it to my students in my leadership strategy class, and it's from 2006, but the ideas of it are extremely relevant to this day wow. still, just like anything from Peter Drucker is still so relevant. Sure. And that is, you know, regardless of what position you hold, you don't need to be a CEO to really be a leader and make a difference in people's lives. I think about the healthcare workers out there. Mm. I think about the, the, the employees in hospitals that don't have the doctor or nurse title that are essentially just janitors, if you will. You know, a janitor at a hospital could look at their job as, yeah, I'm a janitor. I clean out bedpans all day long and it kind of sucks. Or do you want to be the other kind of janitor that says, oh, I love coming to work because I'm actually saving people's lives during this COVID-19 pandemic. It's a very different mindset. And that starts with the chief medical director. It yeah. starts at the top, it starts with your CEO, it starts with the general manager. It starts with the owner of the company. If they are not projecting that kind of mentality and leadership, you are not working at the right place. And I'm telling you, and for all the listeners out there, I am telling you, people are going to leave when the economy and the jobs start becoming an employee-friendly market once again. It always does. It always comes back to the employee. The employee starts controlling the market as in terms of what they demand, what they ask for as pays and benefits, and what job they actually want. So that's the question for all the leaders out there or anyone with management authority, which you have, mm. is what are we doing day in and day out to ensure that we are taking care of our people by doing the things you're talking about, having integrity, transparency. Um, what, are, what are the other things? Feedback. I mean, uh, feedback. conversations. Thank you. Yeah. One of the basics, right? So just providing feedback. We all want feedback. Good and bad. Yes. And some of the feedback that we receive is really coming from a, well, hopefully coming from a servant leadership approach, if done correctly. Which I'm glad you brought up servant leadership, because I'm a huge believer and proponent of servant leadership. And I think that is another very important quality of a leader. And we see that a lot in the nonprofit industry. But I wonder, is that something you see often in the hospitality industry as well? Because it is a, a, a client-facing mm. profession. Mm. Mm. I love that we are just throwing the host just ball back and the, forth. Oh, is this just, okay? I don't know. What are you're, the rules? You're asking me questions. I'm <laughs> asking you. I think it's great. It's like playing volleyball. Well, Spike Whatever set, that is. Uh, set, Spike set, set hit, I'm and done. fall flat on my face because I don't even know how to play. Um, it, interestingly, you know, I went to a private Christian college, Biola University, Ooh, familiar. and studied leadership there, organizational leadership. And you what? went to Chapman, who just got her master's, yes, oh. boop, 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 in leadership. And oh, yeah, let's give that woman an applause, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. I never get to use. Uh, my applause button on my soundboard. Um, but no, seriously, like I think the idea of being a servant, not to get into religious talks right now, mm. but the idea of being a servant is this idea that I learned working at a Christian camp even, and that is we are here to serve others, to, you know, to help make this world a better place. How do we do it? We are 
serving others before self. It's a very selfless thing. And I will tell you some of the best hoteliers out there, some of the best leaders and managers I worked for are the ones that are willing to serve me as an employee. They are willing to dress up in an elf costume because they lost a, a, a contest and the leader of the hotel is going to dress up in an elf costume and wash the employees cars all day long. Or they're going to be on the cook's line serving lunch one day. You know, they're washing dishes. They're getting into the dish pit. I used to do that. One of the things I actually miss, um, because it was one of the ways I used to learn so much about people, was help cleaning rooms at a hotel. I would walk in with the housekeeper, and I would scrub toilets and make beds with her and just get to know her. You know, I would try to speak Spanish, very little. She tried to speak English, very little. We laughed. It was fun. Had a great time. And... You know, that's how I got my name Pelon for being bald and everything, but it was great. But no, servant leadership is, is, is that mentality as a teacher, as a, as someone in the medical field, as anyone who is in the service of others, customer service people at TJ Maxx, Mm -hmm. I don't care where you work. If you are dealing with customers, you are in the service industry and you are there to service others. And to do that, you need to take a servant leadership approach. I can talk about this all day long. I love it. It's one of my favorite topics. And I'm glad that we've kind of pivoted into this realm because I definitely think it's 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 really, you know, like you said, it spans across all industries. And to me, it means rolling your sleeves up and jumping in and being open to supporting your, and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it like boots on the ground staff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who's doing maybe some of the not glamorous work or the really tough and gritty work, uh, depending on where you're working. And I think it's just so valuable. And I really wish we could see more leaders that would leave their desks and spend time with their people and spend time understanding what's happening in their businesses um, because it happens way beyond their desk. Why don't they get out of their office? You know, you know, why don't they get out? Why don't they manage by walking around? It's funny because we all talk about this and we all know this, but I, but I feel like a lot of people just don't do it. Yeah. I think it has to do with, you know, getting sucked into the day to day. Right. I mean, that could be finances that could be board meetings that could be, you know, high level meetings or high level conversations that you're needing to have with your leadership team members, your executive team members. And I think we're not making time as leaders, no matter what you do to step away from those tasks and not be so task oriented and really go out and talk to your people and walk around. And like you said, talk to folks who are in housekeeping, talk to folks who are at the front desk and and really have those genuine conversations with people and understand why they're there. Is this just a summer job for them? Is this something they're passionate about? I mean, yep. I know you worked yep. very hard to get to where you are today and started at a ground level position like many of us. Washing dishes, baby. Yes, because that is barista. I mean, not necessarily something that's correlated, but is because I'm still in a customer facing yep. role. Um, it's, it's just... It's just invaluable to get to know your people. And I think sometimes our egos get in the way and sometimes our ta- the tasks get in the way. But you have to talk to your people and you have to understand what's going on in your business. And you can't just run your business behind your desk looking at finances 
and, you know, attending board meetings. Yep, precisely. And I will tell you, when this pandemic ends and things go back to, and I hate using this word normal because mm. it's not going to be exactly the way we remember it prior to March of 2020, but it will definitely um, come back as in terms of going back into the office on a regular basis and those kind of things. The, the point here is that employees are going to remember. They're going to remember how their leader was acting. They're going to remember that time when, uh, you know, bonuses were withheld mm. because quote unquote, the company wasn't doing well. And yet that boss went out on a elaborate vacation somewhere in um, wherever in the Bahamas, you know, employees are going to remember this and they will not be loyal. And we, and, and the older generation is asking, why aren't employees loyal anymore? They're not loyal. You know, I used to be so loyal. I worked 30 years at the organization. Well, yeah, that's because you haven't been loyal to us. You furlough us, you lay us off. You don't pay us our, our, um, our, our basic benefits. You don't give us a, a living wage for crying out loud. I'm getting paid $30,000 a year in the state of California when I can barely survive. And so I have to have four different jobs just to make a loan payment for my student loans or whatever it is. Right. It's ridiculous. Right. And, and leaders are like, why are people quitting? Why are they leaving? Why do I have such turnover? It's like, well, are you paying a basic wage? No, you're not. But yet you're having these elaborate vacations. And even though that's okay, and I think you need those vacations and you are the owner and you built this company up and I get that, it's all about perception. That's it. At the end of the day, that's my point, folks. It's all about perception. It's perception. And if you have a leader who's sitting behind their desk, managing behind the desk, barking orders at people, pointing, calling, emailing, chatting, but refuse to get up off their behinds and actually come talk to you and really get to know you and what makes you tick and what do you really want to be when you grow up? Because I don't want you being a front desk associate all your life. Mm. I always tell my employees that when I was a front desk manager at Marriott, what is your goal? You want to be a police officer? Great. Let's start getting you to do some security rounds around here and teach you how to write a, a, a written report. Or when the police show up because there's a prostitute ring happening at our hotel, I want you to be involved in that process. Mm -hmm. You want to be a mathematics teacher at the high school level? Great. Can you help me with accounting on the back end here? You know, it's those things. It's finding the things in your employees that gets them excited, knowing that they're not going to be there forever. And if they want to be there forever, great. I'm going to train you to take my job so I can promote myself. Yep. And you can be promoted into my job. And we just keep climbing that ladder together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, this podcast normally is about 20 minutes long. We're at 26 minutes. And, uh... I need more wine. Uh, we need more wine. So I think we're going to wrap it up here. Wrap it up. And maybe we'll just do another conversation and just kind of see where it takes us. Yep. It would be great. So um, good times. Good times indeed. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for more topics and other great workplace leadership type things. Visit inaspire.com. Until then, remember, you are in charge of your career and always make it a great day.